Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. Between 13th and 16th November, the largest digital health conference with over 9,000 attendees, HLTH or Health, took place in Las Vegas. Over 400 speakers discussed the current trends and challenges in the industry. So what did we hear? Finn Partners and Gallant Growth partnered for an overview of the global state of investments in digital health and the report was exclusively presented at Health. In short, this is the CEO of Gallant Growth, Julian DeCelebrary. The TLDR of the report is that funding is down. Everybody knew that. That's generally the headlines. It's down about 35% year on year. Now, we've got to remember it's only the first nine months of the year, so we've still got a few more months, but still 35% is a large gap. It's not all bad news. Early stage ventures are still getting more funding than they did before. So it's really the late stage guys that are getting the hit because they're big tickets and therefore investors are being quite cautious. 23 is going to be bumpier, more so than 2022. I'll give you a reason. One of the reasons why is that if you look at the 12,000 or so digital ventures that we looked at for this report, and you look at those that raised funding in the last 18 months, about 30% of the total 12,000 I talked about actually raised funding. And that's, of course, in the last 18 months. So when things were going really well in 2021, exactly. So what we've got now is a pretty bleak picture of a bunch of startups who, particularly the growth stage, Series B, C and beyond, needing funding are going to find it difficult to get funding because investors are very conscious of all the volatility, but also as a result sharpening their knives a bit and becoming much more rigorous around the proof points that the digital ventures need to bring to the table in order to get funding. From a therapeutic area, oncology received the most funding, followed by mental health solutions. As says Katie DiPerna-Cook, SVP of Partnerships at HealthSpace Health, this is to be expected given the current global uncertainty and no lack of anxiety-inducing social trends. The pandemic deeply accelerated the mental health needs, the number of people who are seeking mental health care, and truly destigmatized the need to have mental health care a part of our everyday conversation. It was incredibly traumatic what we went through as a world and continue to go through in a lot of places. While the pandemic is stabilizing, look at the world around us, right? You look around the world, there's war and global economic pressure that fits all of us. And then you just look at what's happening day to day across the country. Gun violence, there was a shooting again last night. I'm a mom sending our kids off to school. There was a shooting not too far from me. And so there are every day challenges that I think that we've come to a realization that mental health care is something that is going to be a part of our lives and needs to be We need to find ways to get people access to easy, affordable, in-the-moment support to build resilience, but then also make sure that we're able to help navigate them when a crisis comes and they need a higher level of care. Innovations in healthcare solutions are increasingly addressing all aspects of our lives, what we eat, not just how much, but how well we sleep, how stressed we are, and what is the quality of the environment we live in. A developing field of innovation is looking at food as medicine. 
healthcare strategist and board member of the World Food Bank, Smriti Kirubanandan, observes the movement of the industry towards preventative care and wellness. Where the industry is moving is physicians have to be trained in culinary and also be trained in food science. I think the more focus we give on what's really happening in one's home and one's plate, I think it can really determine one's health as well. So I think that's really where the moment is going and moving us from a state of actual disease care to an actual health care, which means focusing and investing more on wellness than a reactive state. Sex is another aspect seen as part of overall health, with unaddressed challenges. Physicians often don't know how to talk to their patients about issues related to sex. This relates to lack of training in sexual health and the lack of common language between doctors and patients. As mentioned by Saad Alam, CEO of Home Health, men don't want to admit to having a sex problem, whether it's psychological or physical. 43% of women have a sexual health concern, said Lindsay Harper, OBGYN, founder and CEO of Rosie, a platform offering women a holistic approach to sexual health and wellness, and the winner of the UCSF Health Hub Digital Health Awards in the Rising Star category for consumer wellness. When I talk about women's sexual health, I'm talking about decreased sexual desire, trouble with arousal, trouble with orgasm, sexual pain, and also decreased lubrication. 43% of women have a sexual health concern, but physicians and the rest of clinicians aren't trained to talk to our patients about these things. So what happens is women feel extra stigmatized and demoralized and embarrassed about these really common problems, which are completely unnecessary. There are evidence-based interventions that exist, and when we are able to talk about these things freely, when we're able to innovate and really make progress in these fields, it makes a difference for the everyday lives of women, their families, and their partners. Mental health, pain management, sleep health, and nutrition are being addressed with digital applications and digital therapeutics clinically validated, digital-only solutions with proven clinical impact. The panel discussion about the global overview of digital therapeutics showed that Europe seems to be at the front line of incorporating DTX in reimbursement. Germany, for example, has been covering DTX since 2015, and we've covered this topic several times in the past episodes, so do check out two links in the show notes. Going from DTX to the trends in telemedicine, the utilization rates have declined with many visits moving back to the in-person setting. However, the decline in telemedicine offering depends on what the provider offers, says Hagai Heshech, head of product marketing at TitoCare, a provider of FDA and CE marked medical kits for remote physical exams, enabling lung, ear and throat examinations, patients can perform on themselves and share with their doctors. We're actually enablers. We're not uh, telehealth providers. But as enablers, we are seeing that there was a shift in uh, the acceptance and the trust levels uh, of telemedicine. And what we're seeing at TitleCare with, uh, with our solution is actually 5x utilization because we keep that trust with real remote physical exams. So the ability to listen to lungs, we think is critical. A look into ears, so it can't just be audio-video, traditional audio-video. We're seeing the decline in utilization rates for that. We're not seeing such a decline for our solutions. So it always has to be coupled with more layers, like physical exams, like engagement with users, 
the patient experience as a determinant of health outcomes is increasingly being raised as an area needing changes. But what patients appreciate most in their care is when they don't feel like clinicians only treat and ask about their symptoms, but are present when doing rounds and having discussions with patients about their treatments. Another unaddressed problem in healthcare is the role of caregivers, which are not compensated for their work. This is caregiver and patient advocate Erika Olinsky-Johansson. I think the biggest takeaway for me was really seeing how companies are accommodating things like patient engagement and patient empowerment into their business strategies and go-to-market strategies. I'm very encouraged and optimistic about what's ahead for that. What I want to see more of is I want to see them include caregivers and patients and those people that are impacted by the end user experience included in that decision-making process. So I'm eager to see how 2023 rolls out following all of that because I want to see the patient represented in that conversation. The biggest challenges for caregivers is administrative burden before anything. Caregivers, more often than not, across the country, are not paid for the services they've been. Any other marketplace, what they do would be compensated. How we have organized our industry is to not pay the caregiver. And so the burden that is on them to manage the care coordination and fill gaps in the clinical workflows without any visibility to the process or the workflows that exist on the business side um, is a huge challenge. All in all, Health being focused on predominantly U.S. market, Aline Noisette, digital health connector from Spain, observes that the U.S. market is addressing many issues about inequity and racial disparities we don't see as much in Europe. What I found very interesting in, at HLTH, so it's quite focused on the U.S. market. And for us coming from Europe, it's a different perspective. For instance, there was a couple of sessions on health equity and health inequity about people of color. And I think it's not really the type of conversations that we have in, in Europe. And I think it, it's really interesting to listen to those conversations, to see how clinical trials or medical treatments are affecting people of color differently than white people. And we know it's a conversation we've been discussing already, and this is the case in Europe about the difference between men and women, the impact of treatment and clinical trials. In the upcoming episodes of Faces of Digital Health, you will be able to listen to several discussions recorded at Health. I spoke with Jeff Cutler, CCO of Ada Health, about how the market's supposedly most comprehensive symptom checker is doing. Two episodes will be dedicated to mental health, three episodes to data challenges related to the U.S. healthcare, a short episode about blockchain and the metaverse in healthcare, and how is voice technology reducing the IT burden on physicians. Stay tuned, and if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast to be notified about new episodes automatically. And do check out our newsletter, it only comes out once a month. Stay tuned. <laughs>